During this time of moratorium madness, it's becoming more and more difficult to enforce leases and do your job as a property manager. Our guests, Tracy Minnick and Katherine Swanberg, know your pain. In this episode, we'll discuss the ways in which the role of property management has changed over the past year and how to navigate around ever-moving targets, laws, and expectations. The Real Estate Gladiators team is actually fighting even harder now for their owner clients. And so Tracy and Catherine will share with us how they're using this to showcase their true value as property managers, despite the fact that their hands are tied. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Four and Half, a marketing agency that creates and implements owner lead generating plans for property management companies. Since 2012, we've been helping property managers with owner marketing, from building a conversion-driven website, creating content to attract and nurture leads, reputation management, online ads, you name it. Go to fourandhalf.com to learn more. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. So to get things going, we just wanted to ask first, like, why should property managers care about legislation in the local or federal government right now? Why is it so much more important or difficult? Sure. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Uh, we primarily manage in King, Snohomish, and Pierce County in Washington State. So, of course, you know, as landlords in Washington State for over 22 years, our business is really focused on King Snohomish and Pierce. And if you manage rental real estate in Washington, then you know how fundamentally important this current legislative uh, session that we're in is. There are a tremendous amount of bills that are in um, uh, committee right now and being discussed that impact business owners and property managers and landlords in many different ways. And we're going to go into that a little bit further over the next uh, few minutes. But uh, hopefully, if you're listening to this, then you already understand there's a huge and tremendous amount of change that we can see happen, partly because of COVID relief scenarios and partly just because a lot of what happens in the city of Seattle leaks out slowly over the rest of the state over time. And that's what we're starting to see in the legislative committee right now. So we're going to cover a little bit more of that in a little bit, but glad you are listening. Yeah, I would add, I, I believe that it's almost been a year that we've been in this COVID state and had moratoriums um, enforced on us, which completely made us have to pivot how we handle everything from late fees to notices to no evictions and what I believe was originally just a response to what we thought was a temporary situation is now potentially playing out into an additional two-year game plan. And so can you paint us a picture of maybe like the the big ticket legislation um, or bills that is affecting the areas that you manage and um, although, you know, not everyone listening is from the state of Washington, um, kind of like, why is it important to kind of listen to what you guys are dealing with and um, why they should kind of take some notes? 
Sure. Well, right now in the state of Washington, since the end of last February, so coming up on the one-year date actually uh, this week, we have had an eviction moratorium in effect like many places in the country, but not everybody's eviction moratorium looks the same way. You have an eviction moratorium on a national level, and then your, in, your, your uh, local legislation has sometimes put another blanket of mitigation or uh, legislation on top of that. So currently in Washington state, we have an eviction moratorium that's impacting our ability to uh, collect past due rent, uh, terminate tenancies, um, increase people's rent, charge late fees, penalties, or NSF fees. And essentially, large parts of our leases are no longer enforceable and have not been enforceable for the past year. Um, asking your tenants to pay rent, providing them with an invoice for rent due, um, posting any kind of a notice with a, um, a compliance or vacate is not allowed. Uh, we have been encouraged to ask tenants to pay what they can, when they can, and to encourage uh, payment plans. So our job has changed dramatically in the past year from enforcing our contract, which is a lot of people would say the number one reason why you would hire a property manager is to enforce a contract that a mom and pop landlord just might not feel comfortable doing, to increasing the level of communication to an all-time high. The level of communication with our tenants has gone up tenfold. The communication back to our clients has gone up tenfold because what we're trying to do is to understand the situation our tenants are in with COVID hardship and figure out the resources they need to cure their rent so that we can make our clients whole. And it's a very different job description this year than it was 12 months ago for us. Mm -hmm. I think something that happened early on, which was amazing, was we were providing resources to our tenants that included here's how you apply for unemployment if you've been affected and educating them and helping them get knowledge of where to go for help or how to initiate the unemployment claims etc um, also in the state of washington you are not required to prove a covid hardship that blanket moratorium that Catherine mentioned is literally that you are not required to pay your rent right now. Doesn't mean you won't be accountable for it at some point. However, with that being said, there's no proof of hardship. Mm -hmm. So I think that communication, trying so hard to help people understand that we care about them and we care for them to understand where they can get help. So I just want to add to what Tracy said. The CARES Act funding currently does not allow for tenants um, or for landlords and property managers to apply for assistance on behalf of their tenants. So I rely on our tenants to make the initial 211 phone call, go through the six-minute interview questionnaire, determine what part of the stimulus package they can qualify for, and then ask them to turn back that information to me so I can complete any paperwork and be able to submit it on their behalf and then follow back up with um, whatever the agency is, maybe it's the Volunteers of America, 
uh, and getting their rent made whole through stimulus package funding. So that's become really a part-time job for me in our office. And in order for that to happen, it requires a communication with your tenants. And we've been really successful, but that's not 100% foolproof. There are some tenants that just haven't communicated or responded to any of our attempts to help them to make their rent whole, which ultimately leaves our landlords in a situation where their ongoing property uh, expenses like their mortgage, property taxes, and insurance, and maintenance, all of those payments and all of those expenses still continue to accrue, whether the tenant is communicating with us or not. I think that's an interesting point because under the moratorium, if the tenant's not paying rent, but the hot water heater goes out, we're still obligated under the Washington State Landlord Tenant Act to provide them with hot water and replace the hot water heater. And here an owner hasn't received rent in one, two, three, maybe six months, and they're having to fork out for this maintenance issue. And it's very frustrating. So I feel like our communications with the owners and the owners knowing how proactive we've been um, is, is helpful. So can you guys give us some, maybe some examples of like, that's obviously a big piece of how you're advocating for um, yourselves, your tenants, your owners. Um, are you painting, are, are you sending your owners information saying, hey, these are all of the things that we have to do to get this to work. Like heads up, just so you know. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, we've had some clients say, well, geez, I, you know, I'm going to self-manage my properties during this eviction moratorium because you can't enforce your contract. So what am I paying for? And I understand and I hear that concern. I've heard that recently from a client who decided to transition into self-management. And our argument back is we're actually working harder than we've ever worked before to cure rent default and delinquency and to make you whole because of the eviction moratorium. Um, applying for Stimulus Act funding on behalf of tenants to help them help themselves is not something in the past we would have done, right? We would have posted a 14-day notice to pay or vacate the day somebody's rent was due if that's what the lease said. So there's a tremendous amount of work now that goes into managing delinquency and default that we didn't have to do before. But if the courts aren't open and attorneys aren't hearing eviction cases mm -hmm. and you need to collect rent, then it's a completely different dynamic. It's a totally different relationship than you might have had with your tenants a year ago. Mm -hmm. And if you are a mom and pop landlord or you are a self-manager and you're trying to figure out how to tread water in this environment, it is not easy. One, because the tenant landlord law is a moving target and the goalpost changes almost quarterly right now. And if you don't understand how that impacts your property, because it's not a statewide uh, law, there's a city ordinance, there's a county ordinance, there's a state ordinance, and then there's a federal eviction moratorium as well. And if you don't understand how that impacts your specific property, then you're exposing yourself to all kinds of liability. liability. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a huge reason why there's more value than ever in paying a property manager 
and, and we're we're plugged in, right? So an individual mom and pop landlord isn't going to be getting the notices that we're getting from these agencies that we belong to and support and participate with um, on the updates. So that has also become our job to let the owners know, hey, there's legislation out there and here is exactly how you can go voice how you feel about this legislation that's in committee. And honestly, they, they wouldn't even know about these changes. So communication times 100 has been happening. Yep. So if you aren't communicating that to your owners, you're almost doing a disservice to yourself because they're, they the probably perception. know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they probably like, they're like, okay, like there are these laws, but they're not going to understand what it really means and how mm -hmm. drastically it's changing on a regular yeah. basis. So your yeah. pers perspective is tell your owners everything you can right now. Yeah. Um, Cause you are going to have more information too than them just going on to Google and trying to figure it out themselves also. And when yeah. I, yeah. I also latched onto um, what you were saying about hey, there is this ordinance or this, this law that is coming out and this is how you can let your voice be heard. Like you're not just passively informing them like this has yeah. been passed. It seems like you do more than that. You proactively inform your owners of things that are coming up in the pipeline. And if yeah. there's something we can do, you're like, hey, petition for this to be changed or for that to yeah. be stopped because it's going to harm you an owner and us the property manager so help yeah. help us amplify the voice i think that's really key mm -hmm. yeah if you aren't uh current whether you self-manage or you use a property management company if you aren't actively engaged in your local real estate associations then you're missing out because it's this is not static this is mm -hmm. very dynamic and you've got to be paying attention daily. Uh, we're, I used to run the Real Estate Association of Puget Sound with Tracy. Uh, we're active members of the Rental Housing Association for Washington State. Uh, we own properties east of the mountains here, so we're members of the Yakima Valley Landlords Association, uh, the Washington Landlords Association, and part of your dues pays for lobbyists who have a seat at the table and at least are bringing back legislative updates and letting you know hey, state bill, whatever. These are the pieces in it that are going to impact you as a business owner or you as a landlord. And your business may not ever look the same in this state if this passes. And we're actively going through, um, you know, live testimony right now in our legislative session. So um, for, for example, the eviction moratorium and extending it and what that means to people that have had an unpaid balance for let's say 10 of the last 12 months. And uh, how are those landlords going to be made whole? And if we decide to extend the eviction moratorium for two more months, what are the options for landlords to recover these costs? It would seem uh, insane to expect a landlord to just pay for somebody's housing expenses for 36 months during this eviction moratorium. So what are their real, tangible, legal options for recovering their property? And so those are, the, those are huge concerns right now for landlords in the state. And you think that we, you know, have mentioned these jurisdictions, so you have your, your national level, your state level, your county level, and then you have these little myopic um, levels 
for example, the city of Seattle, which, you know, they're currently floating around an idea that once the moratorium is determined over, then they want to extend it for two years beyond the end of COVID. That's a little nebulous. When is, when is this COVID, when, when is this over? Like, yeah. what's, that, what's that date? How do you draw that line in the sand? And how do you help mm. people forecast what they're going to be able to do with their properties? And if you can't give a notice of termination and you have to force, uh, forcibly renew someone's lease, whether you want them to live in your home or not, then what are your real available options to regain control of your property if you have an unpaying tenant? Nobody in our state wants to see a mass eviction. Um, however, in order to have a, a rental housing to live in, you have to have people who are taking the risk to be the landlords. This mm -hmm. has to be a win-win scenario. It can't be one-sided. So what are the real options right now? And it looks so different than it did a year ago. Do you Could you see um, a situation where... It, Seattle or, you know, because as you said, that tr everything trickles, <laughs> trickles from there. Do you see a situation where at some point the, the government would say, hey, you know, we do need to do something for these landlords. Maybe we need to put, like set a new rent cap or something to where maybe the rental prices go down, but it becomes like less likely for people to say, no, I can't pay. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Or some kind of incentive. Um, you know, we've, we've talked with RHA extensively in the past year. You know, what if we decided to give a rent break to tenants? It's not in their lease. So what's the accurate and um, foolproof way to communicate that to tenants? Maybe we give them a six-month COVID relief and it's a reduction of $500 a month. And after uh, six months, it goes back to their regular rent if they right. pay on or before the fifth of the month. Mm -hmm. some kind of an incentive program to keep people paying and um, encouraging them to communicate and participate yep. in paying for the roof over their head. Yep. And creates an opportunity for us to engage in conversation. Mm -hmm. Do you work for Boeing? Have your work, have your hours been furloughed? Mm -hmm. Were you a nurse? Mm -hmm. Were you not able to be doing your job? Are you in the restaurant industry and were told to stay home for six months? Mm -hmm. You know, what we know about a tenant on an application might be quite different six years later if they're still living in your, in your unit. Absolutely. And if they don't have a reason to necessarily engage with you and you aren't offering some creative ways to encourage them that they can when they can, you might not find out what their situation is. So a lot of times an owner of a home might think, well, geez, you know, why aren't you doing your job? These people haven't paid rent for three months. And they don't have a relationship with the tenants. They don't know anything about the tenants, except that they qualified at one time to live in your unit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's definitely something um, we're actively doing. It's not something the government has said you have to do or don't have to right. do. It's just right now, I think a lot of property managers and landlords are trying to come up with creative ways to encourage people to pay what they can. Yeah. And so Tracy right now it has to be up to you. It's like the government yeah. isn't going to intervene right now, at least it seems yeah. to make it yeah. favorable for landlords. You, you know. have to do that for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We suspect that there will be no opportunity to go to court and do an eviction without having some kind of a court appointed arbitration. Uh, arbitration. Mm -hmm. And I don't 
can't imagine what the waiting list is going to look like for that when it finally does open up. And, and then a negotiation. And a negotiation for unpaid rent and a payment plan that's reasonable. And then an opportunity for a certain amount of time to cure that default. And if that doesn't happen, and only if that doesn't happen, who knows how many months down the road will you be able to then regain control of your property. We don't know exactly what that looks like yet. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of conversation about that, but we think that's the direction things are headed. But no one has painted a clear picture of what that looks like yet. So when my clients ask me, what are my options right now? Right now, I know of two options. You can provide a 60-day notice with the intent to occupy your home as a primary residence, or you can provide a 60-day notice to sell your property. And those are only options to you if, in fact, the lease that your tenants are in is gone through its term. Mm -hmm. So, And I think to add to that, because we've done that a couple of times and have been super blessed that the tenants actually did vacate, but if they didn't, then we can't even answer the question for the landlord. We gave notice. We were told we could give mm -hmm. notice. Uh, they didn't vacate. Now what? Oh, interesting. Yeah. We so, used to know the answer to now what. The different now what. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. And I actually want to ask um, Tracy something. So we've kind of been talking about um, the impact of these moratoriums and these new legislations to like landlords that are currently working with property managers and you've kind of shared how you as property managers in your area kind of are advocating for your tenants and owners so that like there's a middle ground, you know, people have roofs over their heads, but owners are not suffering. But Tracy, since you're in charge of bringing in new business to the company, like how are your conversations like now that property managers can't enforce leases? Oh, that's such a great question. It's <laughs> funny. I, I had a conversation um, I've probably had six conversations this week with new owners. One of the best ones was yesterday when her, her condo has been sitting vacant for two years uh, because of the regulations that her HOA has on her renting her condo. So now that she's coming out of this um, time frame where she can actually rent her condo again, she, because she hasn't had a tenant, had no clue. She, she had mm -hmm. no clue. And... What I shared with her is our sincere desire to qualify tenants to the best of our ability to do the increased levels of um, employment verification, uh, proof of income, and the like, so that we can get the best tenants possible. Um, also with that, I think we have not stopped our services um, that include periodic inspections and letting owners know this is the condition of your home. Hey, by the way, um, looks like you might need a new roof or hey, the gutters need to be cleaned and at least giving them the option to you know, participate in that type of like owner maintenance. And we have seen that they appreciate that because they know that we are boots on the ground. And the bottom line is we will do our best to get a qualified tenant and then you will have a, a veil of protection and you won't have to be the one communicating and understanding the rules or potentially breaking the rules, right? Because what if you called your tenant if you were self-managing and you were like, I need the rent, I need the rent, I need the rent. And then you're literally harassing them 
and then you're in trouble. So it's that level of separation and that communication that we're going to do on their behalf. Meanwhile, continuing to add the benefit of the things that we do as property manager, field the maintenance calls, get creative with solutions, um, and pr protect their biggest asset, which mm -hmm. is just a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds a lot like um, during this time where it kind of feels like, oh, it's, it's already hard to let owners see the value of property management. And now that you can't even evict tenants, you kind of don't have recourse if they just don't want to pay rent. Um, I think the, the, the initial reaction of property managers is like, oh no, how can I show value? And it's like, well, then now is when you can highlight the other things you actually do that's mm -hmm. invisible. Yeah. And communication is where you guys shine. You use communication, you double down, actually tenfold, right? And now your owners actually see the other stuff that probably they never noticed before. Yeah, I think that's how property managers can make the best out of this bad situation. Focus um, or refocus from the things that you can't do to the things that you can do, you do all the time and you don't get credit for. To our listeners, we hope this episode makes you feel empowered in your conversations with clients and prospects. Because as frustrating as the moratoriums are, now is your chance to prove to these owners that they are better off with you, a professional property manager, than on their own. So thank you for tuning in and see you on our next episode. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe.